to the Instant Classic Wrestling Podcast, the only podcast that is always, I mean always, he means always, they mean always, you mean always, she means always, an Instant Classic. Danny Dude! Hey, We will see you on the flippity-dippity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that got me hyped. I don't know what these moves are that uh, the Casey's got going on over there, but I mean, we need more of them. We need more of the moves. <laughs> you say white people can't dance. We we, we can't, can, but we try. We can. really can. But for uh, for for everybody listening, please go to the Facebook page or the YouTube channel and watch <laughs> for this particular moment right here. Enter at your but, own risk. Yes. <laughs> Um. By the way, tonight this uh this video slash podcast is going to be about uh, Owen Hart on the anniversary of his passing and the unfortunate circumstances around it. Um. So we'll kind of dive into our our uh, you know, our, our perception of, of Owen and, and how he was and and his career a little bit as well. Uh, and also kind of even I don't Casey, did we talk about the Owen Dark uh Dark Side of the Ring or did we not? I think we did. Thought we did. I don't think we did. I don't know if we did. But anyway, I remember watching it, and there was a lot of things that were in it that I never even realized. Uh, from because I that's one of the things. Like for some reason, uh, that was never one of the things that I really dove into like I normally would. Um, for some reason, I don't really know why. But um, welcome in everybody to the Instant Classic Wrestling Podcast, the only podcast that is always, and I mean always, Instant Classic. DJ's over here. Casey's right beside me. Below me is Adam and Justin as well as we get uh, right into this whole thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> Adam and Justin look like uh, twin Tazes currently. But anyway, um, <laughs> to jump into uh, and Justin doesn't have a hood now, so he can't. <laughs> but, uh, Justin will be Hook. He'll be, you know, he'll be, uh, he'll be, uh, his, his, I'll be the sensor. I'll be, I'll be Casey, Paranormal Hobbs. Just, you know, uh, Casey, you're just cornholio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to shift the discussion over to, to Adam and Casey because I, I didn't, and it's funny because Adam and I talked about this before we went on air and we were like, we want to just knock it out. But then I was like, I know Casey wants to talk about this. I know how Casey is. He loves him some Owen. He, I, if, he, if we did this video without him, he's going to be like, dang, Owen, I can't believe you did that without me. So I was like, let's just wait until, uh, until, until Casey gets off of work. But uh, I'm going to shift the discussion to, to you guys for, for the beginning of everything. And then, of course, Justin and I, unless Justin has something uh, he wants to say right off the bat. But I know. Adam and, and Casey have plenty to talk about on on, on the whole thing, and I kind of want to talk about uh, what I learned from Dark Side of the Ring after after the fact. Uh, you know, of course, after you guys maybe talk about uh, his career and 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 you know all of that good jazz as well. So, uh, Casey, Adam, flip a coin. Whoever goes first goes first. Fight it out. Whoever funny, does the best sharpshooter gets it. Wait, funny, funny. Both sides, both sides of my coin, both had heads. So I guess I'll go. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a coin. Is it magnetized? No. No, but um, but but yeah, like this. It it hit me earlier today too because I I 
knowing knowing this date, I obviously watched the dark side of the ring. But we were talking, and I said, you know, ha- getting getting all four of us, <clears throat> getting all four of us in the in the in the same chat. I'm like, like we need to talk about Owen because, I mean, had I had been part of the the show last year, it would have been made it so much. Uh, so much more impactful, or even the year before when it was the the legit twenty year anniversary, but um, but yeah, Owen Owen James Hart, I has been the been the better part of my life for over twenty years. Uh, back when I was flip flopping in between uh, WCW and and WWF at the time, when you're watching the Monday Night Wars, and this is even. The good old raw days where it just had the giant R A W in the background. Owen was one of the one of the stars, you know, tagging with with Bulldog and you know getting managed by by Corny uh, and having a uh, uh, Clarence Mason in the, the in the mix. And you could just you could just see whatever whatever minute amount of information that we had about how wrestling is. He was entertained from word go. He was the perfect quintessential whiny heel and the the more you you know find out about him like oh and he's the legit shoot brother of art and he's he's sensational after i saw a handful of matches i'm like this guy's really really good uh for anybody out there that what if i could recommend some uh, some matches brett and owen wrestlemania 10 which is the video, uh, the photo you just seen. My favorite match, Owen, is Bretton Owen SummerSlam '94 in a cage. Great match. There's a there's a fun little backstory of that that led into Taker versus Taker, but nonetheless, good uh, heat afterwards. Um, yeah, he's he's just a phenomenal phenomenal worker. And aside from his character on screen, we didn't get a chance to see the 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 guy behind the scenes who was a a an habitual river and was always a prankster like yes that there it is that that is you've not seen wrestling till you've seen this match that match is incredible it's one of the best cage matches you'll ever see with one of the best best best, best high spot you'll ever see and I mean Brett does such a great job protecting Owen in that spot but anyway um but yeah, none of us got to see how Owen was as a as a river backstage from, you know, pranking Jim Duggan at you know, at a hotel room, uh, uh, pranking his dad, uh, for God's sakes. Which I don't know if anybody's. Which I, I'll go into that before we end the show. I I may tell a story of how I was. <laughs> how I was uh, uh, he ribbed his dad dis- disguised as one of the belt makers for WWE, but. No, but anyway, it was just, it was such a, it was such a dark day in, you know, May, May 23rd, 1999, at a, at a pay-per-view called Over the Edge, the second and the last time it was ever named that pay-per-view. I mean, it's much, it's much like thing 13. After the Apollo 13, you never see anything, any panel, anything numbered on a spacecraft or anywhere for that matter across the country called 13. But anyway, but that was such a, that was such a dark, dark day. And I was not watching the pay-per-view live because I me mean, at the time. Wasn't, I wasn't this show held from Kansas City? 
Kansas City at the at the yeah. Kemper Kemperina. Um, and what didn't help, and this is not not relevant to the story, but just in terms of the the flow of things, this was like the second or third match of the night. So it was already going to be, and we'll we'll dive more into the to the accident. But the fact that that was like the second or third match, and then that happens, killed the flow of the show. Nobody cared at that point. Everybody was still in awe of like, what the hell did, what the hell is going on here? Um, but but in the next the next night, I heard about it on the news the following morning. I was actually uh, picking up my cousin to. Uh, to go to school i was in god i was in sixth grade i believe and and the way we heard by, by the way too the way jr handled it uh the situation was incredible uh and very professional uh and it, even i i think he talked about it on dark side of the ring yes, uh, he did. how hard it was uh to 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 pull that off and and for him to pull that off and, and that way and still be uh of course respectful too and professional at the same time is uh, I mean, admirable to say the yeah. least. the w- the way he handled it, you think that this had happened before because it he it came off so naturally. Uh, obviously, he just saw something insanely messed, up, like nothing had ever ever seen before. But Jr. talks about it. He was just riffing. It's like I I'm trying to convey what's going on, but I'm still in shock. He did it like a war correspondent. Of just updating, you know, the fans on, on what was going on, and it was so so heart wrenching. And if you watch back on the clip, the 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 big tell is is Lawler when he sits back down and he is just lifeless, and he's just like, yeah, it's 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 not good. What the hell? But yeah, I was the next morning. I went and was picking up my cousin, and that was that was on the TV, and <clears throat> of course our jaws dropped. And then later on that night, they do the tribute show, and Hillman's Hillman was rough, but nobody really showed any emotion. I'm not saying nobody wasn't feeling emotion up on that stage, but Owens was. They zoom the first thing, the first freaking thing they do is they zoom in on Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, who was a tag partner, you know, for, for a long time, and it's just like, okay, this is a good. And then they show Mark Henry. And and he's he's looking up at the ceiling and he is just spewing down tears. It just and they you know go from, to Vince and Linda and Shane and the all all the rest of the, of the locker room. I'm like oh oh my lord. And then that night, really the planting the flag for the night was Austin coming in beers, toasting Owen and putting one beer in the center of the ring. That was just one of the better tribute shows that they've ever done. I still contest that Eddie's is still the best, but you know I'm I'm biased. No, but anyway, I'm I'm done blabbing. Casey, fire away. Yeah, I I don't remember it as vividly as Adam does, and maybe that's because I didn't want to remember it. It was, I mean, you know, Adam and I were both like pretty young at the time uh you know there there was a point where we were young it's it was it was a while ago uh-huh. um, but like it, at, at that age you're like wait a minute like he that really happened like that, could, 
you think like stuff like that doesn't happen. They're trained. They're professionals. They they know they're they're over the top. They're larger than life. There's no way. And it's like it happened. It's and I think the most haunting the most haunting thing to me and people have talked about this. Supposedly he yelled move when he fell. He knew there was nothing that could have been done. He there, he didn't want to hurt anyone else on the way down. That, like, I can't even imagine being in that situation, either falling or seeing someone fall. And I, I don't want anyone to ever have to be in that situation. But it's like the fact that he thought about some, you know, in the in the moment where he knew, he probably knew he wasn't going to survive this. He thought to make sure no one else was in the way. Like, that's 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 so haunting to me. But, I mean, I, I would, for fans that maybe don't, like, because I, I think everyone's heard of Owen Hart. You know, everyone, all, all wrestling fans have heard of the Hart family. And you know the Heart Dungeon and the Heart Foundation, all this stuff, right? It's it's sort of legendary in professional wrestling. But I think also, I feel like Owen was, you know, always cast in the shadow of everyone else in, you know, the Heart family. Um, you know, you, you always thought of Brett first you know the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be you know you had uh british bulldog was part of the family you had all all of these people and i feel like he was always kind of not not necessarily that fans didn't didn't appreciate him because they did obviously but i think a lot of the younger fans maybe didn't you know look into him as much and I, i would definitely suggest anybody who is a wrestling fan, whether you want to become a wrestler when you, you know, when you're older or you just love professional wrestling, watch, watch Owen Hart, because I I've said it, um, obviously technic, you know, technical wise, I think Brett is one of the best in the world, but all around, I would say I, I would contest that Owen is better as an, all-around performer hard Um, hard to argue it's hard to argue yeah he he was good on the mic he was good with whatever you know gimmick or uh storyline you threw at him he was incredible in the ring he could keep up with the high flyers he could keep up with um technical guys He, he could do whatever you needed him to do and he did it at a at a high level um so I definitely, you know, if you haven't before, go and binge watch Owen Hart matches and Owen Hart segments and anything you can find on Owen Hart because you will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. Yeah, I would, also, I, I would, uh, I would, no, I would say too, Owen. I think was the for anybody that was in the tape trading and like I was not part of that of that crowd just because again i was too young at the time but you look at the 
you look at the the backstory of of that time frame, Owen really was the first, or the at least the closest thing that America or North America would see. Um, from the far, you know, from you know, you know, from up north in Canada, to see the early versions of Americanized Lucia style, because he was doing nobody else was doing at the time. Yeah, doing a backflip off the top rope. The and I, I always, I always just called the Owen bump, where he would do the rock up on the ropes, drop, bounce, do a backflip, and then do an arm drag. And they, again, he was an innovator. But at the same time, somebody who was that gifted could chain hustle and do it with the best of them. And he didn't have he didn't have the big chiseled physique, but he looked like an athlete. He was an athlete, you know. You know, big. He was a, a uh, played you know football in high school and all that. So I mean, the 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 elements are there. But but yes, like I said, both of the both uh, high profile Brett matches. Uh, the matches he had with Brett, Bulldog, the Bulldog in Germany for the first uh, European title, amazing, amazing. Even though those those raw tapings were terrible, that was at least the highlight. But uh, yes, Casey hit it on the point for all around for porn, uh, 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 performances, face, heel, tag, what have you. He he was the complete package. Yeah, and I think, too, I feel like, and I could be wrong on this when I say this, but I feel like a lot of fans have gotten away from Owen Hart over the years, even since his passing, especially like the younger generation of fans, because WWE, in a way, has tried to erase him. Um, and and it's kind of one of those things where it's hard to say, you know, it's – it was the legal situation of it. It's the fact that it happened under their watch. And there's a, a level of guilt to it as well uh, that I think they really don't want to deal with per se. Um, and that's really a reason why there hasn't been as many, uh, you know, documentaries and docuseries on Owen where maybe you'll see a, see a few more on, on Brett, especially with the screw job and everything like that. Um, even the Heart Foundation, you'll hear a little bit more about the Heart Foundation as a whole, uh, as opposed to just Owen, uh, just zeroing in uh, on Owen. I think, Casey, I, I would agree with you as well when, when you say that. You said that um, Owen is kind of the the overall package and, and the whole package of things. You know, he, he's the better of the two. And I, I would agree with that because, you know, I think he definitely had the mic skills. Uh, you know, he definitely had the uh, uh, the arrogant prick uh, heel mic skills about him, uh, definitely from what from what I've heard of him. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he could he could get you to, to love him, too, I think, you know, as well. Uh, and, you know, in the ring and you saw it when when those two battled, you know, in the ring, when you saw those two go at it, you knew, for you know, you knew for a fact, like this is going to be something to watch. And this is going to be something to watch not only one time, not only two times, but just over and over and over again, because it's going to be that good. Uh, and, and, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm, I was younger uh, when Owen passed. What was the year right off? 1999. Yeah, it was 99. So I was four at the time. Uh, so I, I was a little bit younger to, to actually see it and, 
truly understand what was going on at the time. Uh, and I probably didn't watch pay-per-view back then either. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure my, my parents weren't ordering uh, pay-per-views for me to watch back then, but, um, but still like, you know, like I could only imagine how crushed I would be if a, a mo- I like, I like, I, I I'm trying to think cause, cause it's been a while since I watched the dark side of the ring episode to me. Like when I watched it, I took myself back to it and it was like, I could feel it even watching it then, like even watching Jr. deliver, uh, you know, his, his whole thing afterwards, I could feel it. Like I could feel the pain of it, the pressure of it. Uh, and I think that was, that was a lot, a lot of it too. Cause I feel like I've looked it up before uh, the scenario. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even think it's really out there like that, but I've looked up to see like, even before the dark side of the ring came out, what Jr. said afterwards, because I had heard it before, but I think I wanted to revisit it. Uh, and I was trying to figure out like the, the, you know, the, the magnitude of the situation. And it, I mean, I, I felt it even, like I said, just watching dark side of the ring, I could feel uh, the pain of it, the shock of it. Like, I think they even showed like some of the crowd and stuff like that uh, just from the show. And I may be wrong. This may be something that I watched uh, way back when, to 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 see like the reaction of the crowd, it was just heart wrenching, uh, for lack of a better term. Especially when you, because like I think even when it happened, people felt like I feel like when it happened, people felt like okay, this is definitely gonna be like okay, he's gonna be okay, you know. It's or, or they felt like he was gonna be okay, or it was a work. And then when it turned into the real deal, like all right, we gotta we got to fix this. We got to tell people how bad this is. Then I think for everybody, it became a, a, a reality. And, and like you said, Casey, even seeing Lawler come, come back and just be just defeated. Uh, it, like there were things like, like I said, in the dark side of the ring that I never even realized how kind of flimsy the hook was, how he was uncertain of getting on the hook in the first place and not because of the elevation of it, but because of the way it was made, uh, how easy it was for him to free himself. Like, like the, like the way it was made was just not a, it was, it just wasn't sturdy. It wasn't made for what they were trying to make it for. I think it was like, what, like 14 pounds of pressure or something like that. Six, six pounds of pressure is all it took. Yeah, so I mean, it it's just it, it's it's just crazy. And then like, even to hear his family and how like, I mean, they they had to go through a whole big you know legal battle over this, and that and and that lingers it even longer. Uh, the pain of it uh, to see this is a guy who loved the wrestling business, and then it felt like the wrestling business took everything from him. Well, also, it's like you know that. As, as a fan and, like, appreciating everything that, you know, Vince has done for the business to, like, you know, make it, like, what it is today. And, you know, let, let's be honest. Uh, you know, I, my childhood wouldn't have been what it was without Vince McMahon. But at the same time, it's like you went the fucking cheap way out with someone's life. This wasn't like, oh, you know. 
we're we're gonna have a cheaper set or you know we're gonna have you know different lights low lower budget lights or something this was somebody's life and you're like you know what no we're gonna go with the cheaper option what and then you know with the legal battle even part of the Hart family was a was going against Owen's wife. This is your your brother, your brother-in-law, your what you know, your son, your whatever. And you don't want to help fight for for, you know, some sort of compensation or something when they specifically you know, went for the cheaper option and caused his death. Because that's really what happened. They caught, like, WWE caused his death. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to be, you know, straight out come and say stuff like that sometimes, but they chose the cheaper option, and that was what caused him to fall to his death. Like, I... There's there's no there's no way to sugarcoat it, and it shouldn't be sugarcoated. You know this. He should be alive today. He should be here. You know, uh, doing all these you know uh, anniversary shows and you know conventions and all that stuff. He he should be here, and. The reason he's not is because they wanted to save a couple bucks on a cheaper uh, harness release. Straight up, that's what it is. You know, for 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 context, I would like people to realize something. Owen Hart was my age when he died. Same thing. Same thing with Pelman. Different circumstances. They were in their early to mid thirties. And think about this. Think about this, Casey, and I'll, I'll run this towards you. Jericho made a good point, especially in the Dark Side episode. Look who else was coming in the company within a year. Within a year after his death, Eddie, Benoit, Kurt, uh, like who else? But he could have another resurgence with those guys. Oh yeah, he was. He was getting marginalized, but can you imagine him against Benoit? Can you imagine him against Eddie? Can you imagine him against Kurt? He would have killed it with Kurt. That would have been entertaining yeah. shit. Yeah. But and any of them would have been absolute any, classic. Yeah. I, I I mean part of me wishes, you know, uh that the, the screw job didn't happen and uh Brett was there too because all of them could have had match of the night every every night, uh, but but we won't see that. We yeah. never got a chance to see that. Yeah. Uh, Justin, Hop- they wanted to cut corners on costs. Right. Um, Justin, hop, hop hop into the the discussion here. Oh shit, Justin's here. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like. Well, I was only like a year old when this happened, so I you know I didn't. Where really are you, think- young boy? Yeah, I was only just turning a year old because it's just crazy. Uh, so I wish I would have got to see more of Owen Hart and stuff. 
because he like like you guys have said you know you guys touched on all the main points already but but going back i mean if you guys have never watched it on heart yeah go go back and watch it like go back and watch his stuff because he is an amazing wrestler like and there's only a few documentaries that like really moved me emotionally the dark side of the ring documentary with own heart and the chris benoit documentary those two like really have different emotions like you feel sad you feel anger like you, you just feel so many different ways and this was this was one of them right here i mean owen hart i mean it, it was such a tr- tragedy that what happened to him and, and like casey said you know like they if they would have spent more money you know to make a safer you know set safer harness and stuff he, he, should, he would still be around to this day but no they like casey said they wanted to be cheap and che- cheaper is not better yeah quality cheaper. over quantity Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean Owen Hart, he, he's he's such a great wrestler though. Like, like he has a complete package, like he has said. Um, Adam, do you want to dive into uh, any of the the circumstances? Because I know you've you've looked more into the legal aspect of it as well. Yes, and and I'm kind of I just and I and I just kind of want to kind of go through a timeline from. Just before, just before May twenty third, ninety nine, those sequences, those sequences of events, what happened that night, and then the legal stuff afterwards. Whatever this would just give a, a frame of reference. And there's there's a couple there's a couple of YouTube mini documentaries. It was fan made, but I have to say this: very very well done because. The the this series I think it's called like Last Days of Owen Hart or you know something like that. This is separate from Dark Side of the Ring. The uh, there there was a gentleman and I can't remember his name. You know, if I could find it, I'll, I may put it in the link to like in the comment section to this once once this gets posted. But this guy kind of goes like beat for beat, like like details that Dark Side of the Ring didn't even go into for time purposes, but, but, uh, regardless, they, they talked to a guy actually talked to one of the original, uh, uh, guys that were going to be in the Raptors. They talked to a fan that was, I think front row and it just, people got to understand when, when Owen fell and he, and he hit the turnbuckle, this, this fan said, it sounded like a speaker falling over. And it reverberated throughout the throughout the arena. Yeah, you brought something else up too. <clears throat> People thought this this was part of the show when that happened, because everybody was kind of in shock and awe. But they just thought it was part of the show because they were wondering, you know, if if this is real, they're they're gonna they're gonna stop it, right? And they, they never got the ceremonial thumbs up like you see in football because again nobody knew what the hell was going on you know but anyway but uh but yeah really this this little series it's like the uh the rigors the um they, they talked to a few people you get to hear the firsthand account from jimmy corderas who was the referee of the ring at the time folks jimmy corderas was this close of getting hit by Owen Hart when he fell that close. I, I'm 
there was two, there could have been two fatal, you know, fatal uh, deaths in that spot. Because that probably would have taken out Cordero's too. Um, but anyway, but here's the sequences of events. Well, real, real, real quick. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go, ahead. go on. The, the show continued after this. Just remember that. Yes. He fell on the turnbuckle. It, 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 it amazes me that, how, that the ring didn't break. The turnbuckle didn't break. How, because I we've seen guys just normally hit the ropes. Uh, and it, how? That corner of the ring did. It did? Because I didn't think it where, did. Yeah, that's the thing. Where he landed, where he landed, that those set of boards right there, there was a dip. There was a dip in the ring, and they continued the show. Now, <clears throat> to, to jump ahead a little bit and just to put things in perspective, there was no blueprint. There was no pamphlet. There was no, there was no blueprint on how to go about something like this. It had never happened before, especially on on national television. So I really, I, I can't. In hindsight, they should have stopped the show. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. But ultimately, beyond that, ultimately, the cops should have taken the voice out of Vince's hands. Like this is a crime scene. This is a freaking crime scene. We can't let this continue. Well, yeah. even even with that, like, the ring is broken. So not only did someone just die in your ring, get killed in your ring, you are putting the rest of your roster at risk of serious injury. Like, I, I've been at shows where – the you know the ring is broken or a board you know moves or whatever we will stop the show and fix the ring so that no one you know risks getting injured this is WWE WWF at the time whatever and they yeah I, and at the time get, good good again i get that you know it, it had never happened before but still mm-hmm this should be a no-brainer. You stop yeah. the show. I don't care how much money you lose. You just lost someone's life. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that you know, you can't replace that. someone's life with you know with money. You, you know, yeah. what I mean, like they should have stopped the show. You know, you think about what just happened, stuff, rather than you know think about oh yeah, you know we still got this sh- show to run. You know, we still got to make all this money. No. And that's what Owen's wife felt too. Uh, when they tried to, didn't they try to uh, give her some sort of compensation? And she just wasn't really having it. Well, no, she wanted, and and, and this is not going to into the, the because the, all the money the in the world won't bring won't bring his life back. That that won't bring him back. No, no, but yeah, and that was that was the thing. The next match after that, if I'm not mistaken, was. I don't know if it was the mix. I think it was the mixed tag, Val and Nicole Bass versus Jarrett and Deborah. Because I mean, yeah, it had to have been because when after things get kind of settled down, they go to the back and and Jarrett is about to do the promo and he takes off his 
podcast and says, Owen, I'm praying for you, buddy. They had to go out and find the dip so they can go back and say, guys, watch out for this part of the ring. So not only that, you got you got two. So two people that are not wrestlers have to be the guinea pigs and find out where the hell this, this spot is, where, where he fell. So, yeah. But, no, and going into the trip events, you know, at this point, Owen is kind of floundering in the in storylines. They really don't have anything for him. They tried to give him an opportunity for a spice angle where he's going to have an affair, on an on-screen affair with Deborah. Owen's not having it. He says, "Like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to make. I'm not going to make a fool of my wife on national television. You know what else you got?" But. Owen, Owen's trying to be a company guy. It's like, look, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. So, Russo, DJ, Russo throws in the element of, let's have fun with the blue blazer gimmick. It's like, okay, it's not what I want, but you know what? Hey, at least I'm not, I'm not being a man whore on, on television. So they put him back into that, and they try to do like the, the Mister America thing, where, oh. Who's this? Who's this blue blazer uh, guy? Like it couldn't possibly be Owen Hart. We all know, we all know it's it's Owen Hart. And they're, so they're kind of they're they're kind of playing with that a little bit. They had done a few times the spot with the the harness where he comes down from the Raptors, whatever though. But it's the it's the like the chest full body chest carabiner uh, uh, ripping. And look, it's hokey. It, whatever, but it's safe. It is safe. And the point, the point with the blue blazer gimmick at the time was that he he was a spoof. It was a comedy bit, all that stuff. Comic relief for the show. So whatever. So they're going into over the edge. He's going to have a match for the Intercontinental title against the Godfather. But in between time, they're talking to these riggers, the guys that claim. That they are the well, the first set of guys who are the riggers help Sting. The one guy said, "Okay, I'll do this, but here, here is the here's our price." And as Casey has alluded, they felt that was, that was too much, and it looked too phony. It looked too phony because the point of that. At, at Kemper Arena. The point of that spot was for him to descend, unhook it, and fall down. That was the spot that was that was going to happen. That was the spot. But, as we alluded, Bitch wanted to save a few bucks, and they talked to these other guys, which one of the guys said that he was part of that Sting crew. Now, they had already bypassed the old guys, because he said, look, here's what it is. If you're going to go with these other guys, I'm not very comfortable with it because they, they, they have this other system that I'm not really comfortable with because it's only it doesn't take that much of a pressure to unhook them. All right, whatever. He calls back to Vince and say, "Okay, I'm not really comfortable with this, but our way is safer." And they had already gone with the crew that was up there that night. I don't think they did. I don't even know if they did a test run earlier in the day. I think they did. Actually, no, I take it back. They did not. They nope. took a sandbag, a heavy sandbag, rigged it up, and that was the drop. 
And again, Owen didn't want to do this. Owen was uncomfortable with it, but you know what? He said, you know what? I'm a company guy. I don't want to, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but I, you know, I'll do it. And you know who else with this angle? Vince Russo. Vince fucking Russo, which is another reason why he has a lot of heat with a lot of fans. Because of that. Now, no, Vince Russo did not kill Owen Hart. But he sure as hell didn't help the matters. And yes, could have Owen said no? Yes, he could have. But again, the way that company is, you don't want to ruffle any feathers. You don't want to rock the boat. So anyway, it's the day of the show. He's got his marching orders. It's just a regular day. Owen has to put on like a, like a crew member outfit to go through the fence because where he has to go, he has to go through the fence to get to the top of the rafters. He has a duffel bag. He has a duffel bag that has the blue blazer out in the bag. He goes up there. They rig him up. He starts, he starts to float up above. He's 75 feet in the air. 75 feet from where he was to the ring. There's a couple of recounts. Something he pulled some type of cord caused the quick release to open. But here's the problem. Sean Waltman, 123Kid, X-Pac, he gave a better recount of this I have never heard before on his show. As everybody that knows, or anybody that doesn't know, the Blue Blazer had this big feathered cape on his back. So as he's as he's rigged to this thing, the tassels and the feathers got caught in the in the clip that was behind him. Owen was trying to get comfortable, snapped, snapped that up and popped and there and down he went. And this has never been this has never been shown on television. Some somebody has even back then, my buddies say that they showed it on TV. I said, no, they did not. No, they did not. There is a 10 to 10 second delay uh, on, on the live crew. And in the meantime, as this is happening, they're showing a promo for the match. Literally, the last words we ever saw from Owen Hart was that crappy promo that they were playing on the big screen. Because I always say my prayers and drink my milk. Woo! And they come back, and that's when they're panning to the crowd. And you're seeing Jim Ross giving the recounts of what's going on. So that happens. And the paramedics come out. They take him out. They're giving him chest compressions. Road Dog, God bless him, Road Dog has a good account of this. He said he's dead. He, he's with Billy Gunn, and he says, don't say that, man. He's going to pull through. He said, bro. I've been to war, which is true. Road Dog was in the Marines. He goes, dude, they don't do chest impressions unless you are dead. Your heart has stopped. So, and if I'm not mistaken, too, when he got into the ambulance, I believe The Rock went with him to the hospital, if I'm not mistaken. Because, again, Owen was friends with everybody, you know, and... For anybody, I'm not. I'm not going to retell this this part of it because I will start crying. I will just say, go on YouTube, type in Jeff Jarrett remembers the day Owen died. It's like an 18 minute clip. You, you again, grab your tissues. So 
something happens. Uh, Jim Ross makes the announcement <clears throat> that he had passed next morning. That's when Martha is going to give. It was within a couple of days. She's going to have a wrongful death lawsuit. She did not want compensation at all for this. She wanted accountability for who she believes was responsible for her husband's death. And that was WWE. Not intentional, but insanely gross negligence. Martha wanted to have a trial in Kansas City. Vince wanted to have it back in Connecticut. Because in Connecticut, you are not allowed to award punitive damages. So, as there's a big theme here, folks. What does it all come down to? Money, 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 money. They settle on $70 million. The next day, they bump her to another another million for a total of $18 million. Pretty good chunk of change. But in that, but in that, started the Owen Hart Sorry, Foundation. So in in his passing, he's still making contributions. They They've opened schools and housing for places all over the world. So it was a very good impact thing. But if this would have gone to trial, if this would have stayed in Kansas City, this was fucked. He was screwed because they had no case. They had no case. Now, it would have been, again, it wouldn't have been manslaughter, manslaughter or anything like this. It, it would have been. Again, how do you know what legal term would that would be? It was just gross, gross negligence. But yes, in, in the preparation for all of that and this, that, and the other, Martha is having documents stolen from the Hart family, and they are giving it to Vince's defense team, Jerry McDivitt, who you will see in Dark Side of the Ring this year for the steroid trial to see that lovely snake that he is. So, um, but yeah. The Hart family, I don't know why they went to the, the quote, push aspect of this. Because, yes, they figured that Vince McMahon was going to take care of him for the rest of their life. But she just wanted accountability because her husband's dead. Dead. Never coming back. And they, they were trying to sabotage her case. Now, God bless her lawyer. She even said, Martha, all of this is coming down to money. Give a number and they will settle. Because they're just going to keep fighting this and fighting this and fighting this. Being that it's in Stanford, they're going to keep fighting this until we're you're going to push for a settlement. So again, just not throwing the towel, but just let's let's be realistic of what they're going to do. So that is the trail of events that happened from just beforehand, the night of the show, and afterwards. And I think too, uh, what it sounds like the charge possibly would have been involuntary manslaughter uh, because it was an accident uh, and because it was negligent uh, would be my thought on that. Um, Some, but, you know, something like that. But, but yeah, I've never uh, really heard the account of events as you as you stated, but I have just the uh, Jeff Jarrett uh, just, just thing quick, though, the, on my The now. photo the photo that they show in Dark Side of the Ring, the down shot from the Raptors of the Ring, that wasn't the full fall. That was from the the monitor or the, the scoreboard in the arena. 
that was an, where the Raptors was another 10 feet. So imagine a deeper depth perception for that's how far he fell. And to be uncomfortable on top of it, like already uncomfortable uh, in various ways, not uncomfortable with the, with the, the spot of it and uncomfortable with the uh, condition of the harness to, to begin with. But um, anybody got any, any final thoughts, Casey, you got any final thoughts, Justin? No. Okay. Um, I think we have said our piece on this one, but uh, <clears throat> definitely it was a, a good discussion. I'm glad we got a chance to uh, look back on, on, on this and, and, the positives and the negatives of it, definitely. Uh, but as as always, uh, be sure to reference some of those videos that uh, Adam had talked about. I already got some in my memories now while he was talking. Uh, I got some in my uh, in my history for my for my YouTube or my watch later, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I got some in, in my and uh, and I got the tissues over there, so I, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Uh, I, I'll be ready. I, I probably have to take a whole day to prepare prepare for it. But um, as always, though, um, be sure. Be sure, be sure to uh, give us a like. Leave your comments on what you thought of uh, Owen Hart. Uh, what you thought of Owen Hart, the entire situation. Uh, how, whatever you want to want to say. Be sure to leave it in the comments. Um, as well, uh, be sure to follow us on TikTok, the newly formed uh, TikTok ICW podcast. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. ICW podcast. We put uh, some stuff out there. Um, Adam did just put a new. Uh, uh, what is it? What, what what is that called? I'm I'm not. As familiar with the TikTok vernacular as I am with everything else, it's it's a it's a vidya. It's a, a okay. A vidya. Is it a stitch? What is it called? What's the, what's the thing when you respond it's to somebody? A stitch. A stitch. Okay, it's I a, thought yeah, it was. Yeah, I just didn't say the wrong thing. I didn't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> Scroll on to the next vidya. The next vidya. Um, but I don't care how big you are. I'll fight you for some tacos. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, definitely hope you guys enjoy coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk about the, or it could be today by the time you watch this video, who knows. Uh, but soon enough, uh, we will we will be talking about the uh, biography for Booker T, the biography for Shawn Michaels, and the dark side of the ring for the uh, collision in Korea. Um, so that'll be up tomorrow, which is Monday um, as well. So definitely hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, if you want to listen to us, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you want to watch us, Facebook, YouTube, whichever one you want to want to go on. But other than that, definitely hope you guys enjoyed. For Adam, for Justin, for Casey, for DJ, we'll see you guys on the next video right here on the Instant Classic Wrestling Podcast, the only podcast that is always, and I mean always, an Instant Classic. <laughs>